Hey, it's Preston here, your new host for the Pomsky 101 podcast. It's been a while since we posted a new episode, so I just wanted to give you a quick update before diving into today's awesome episode about Pomsky shedding. We've got some big plans for the podcast and the Pomsky Owners Association in 2022. As of now, we have weekly podcasts scheduled through the month of March with our breeder experts, and if all goes well, we plan to continue these weekly episodes after that. In addition, we are looking to really up our game at the Palm Ski Owners Association. These plans include updating the website to make it a more user-friendly experience, updating our Palm Ski Swag Shop quarterly with new products and designs. We actually just launched the Swag Shop, so go check it out on the website if you haven't seen it yet. We also plan to improve our owner membership benefits and run a Palm Ski of the Year contest with lots of fun prizes. So we are really looking forward to the year and we hope you all join us for the journey. Okay, let's dive into today's episode. Hey, Preston here and welcome to the Pomsky 101 podcast, the official podcast of the Pomsky Owners Association. Our community of Pomsky breeders and owners is dedicated to first helping you find the perfect Pomsky through a reputable breeder and second, helping you raise and train the perfect Pomsky. Today we have Karen McCulloff from Maine Aim Ranch Dogs in Iowa to discuss one of the most common questions we get, how to control Pomsky shedding. Karen has been a breeder member of the Pomsky Owners Association for years with decades of experience in breeding dogs. So we're thrilled to have her on today's episode to gain some knowledge and wisdom from her experience with Pomskys. Karen, thank you for joining. Thank you for having me, Preston, and I really appreciate all that you guys are doing at the Pomsky Owner Association with uh, doing the podcast and trying to educate new owners and helping us breeders to um, maybe meet the needs of new owners and to understand maybe some of the things that uh, we can help teach them and guide them through. So we're very blessed to be a part of this and to be a part of developing the Pomsky breed in general. Well, thank you for being a part of the association and really all of the training and education that we do heavily depends upon people like Karen, who um, are our breeder members. Um, so thank you for all you do for the Pomsky breed. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay. So today we are going to cover how to control Pomsky shedding. It's one of the most common questions we get. Now, for any listeners out there who are still wondering, do Pomsky shed? I will answer that question to start out. Yes, they do. We can get that question out of the way. Um, they shed. And Karen, can you just elaborate a little bit on, you know, why Pomsky shed and tell us a little bit more about their coat? Okay. Okay. Um, Pomsky shed twice a year for the most part is what we find. In the spring, you'll find a heavier shed and where they blow out their coat pretty much totally. And then in the fall, it is lighter shedding is what we find here in Iowa. It may be different in different parts of um, the country, depending on, you know, how hot it is and stuff like that. But what we find is in the spring is when you have like the total blowout. Um, and this is because they changed that coat from having to have that really heavy coat for this, for the winter to be able to seal away the heat. And so a double coat, what it does is it has the layer that's near the body and then a longer layer. And so the layer that's near the body will either seal in the heat, like for winter time and keep them warmer, or in summertime, 
it will seal out the heat so that the body temperature can be regulated and keep them cool in the summer months. So that's why it is extremely, extremely important never ever to shave your palm ski because then they have trouble regulating their body temperature, but also that hair coat will never grow back or could never grow back quite the same way that it would if you um, had never shaved it. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. So this lower portion of the coat, the coat next to the skin, it sounds like is very important for right. the palm ski's comfort. Yes, exactly. Yep. And how long does it take? I, I think all of this is important before we dive into, you know, how do you control the, the shedding and what tools can you use? Because understanding this foundation um, will lead us into that discussion. So before we get there on how to control the shedding, uh, how long does it take for palm skis typically to blow their coat? So what we find is you'll start, start to see loosening of the hair. Probably here it's about the middle of February. And what is happening is that undercoat is dying and then it will be released. So depending on really the grooming techniques that you use, to encourage and to help that process, it can either be a long period if you don't encourage it and don't help them along the process, or it can be shortened up by the right tools and the right techniques really is okay. helpful. Yeah, that makes sense. And before we get into those techniques and tools, mm -hmm. how much do they shed when they blow their coat compared to uh, the rest of the year? Is there a big difference? And yes. you handle those differences in different ways. Yes, absolutely. So when they're blowing their coat, like I said, it's a total underneath that, that undercoat is let go, dot dead. So it's let go. And then the new coat will start coming in underneath it. It's kind of like if you imagine when you get lose a baby tooth, the adult tooth starts coming in and that's what releases the baby tooth. And so that's kind of the same process is um, that hair letting go. During, after that hair though is shed out, I don't find that they shed that much. It's very minimal in between sheddings is what I find. And we have six of them that live in the house and then the females come in to whelp, you know, off and on um, whenever they have their babies. And really, I don't think it's as bad as when it is in the springtime is when I find the biggest um, shedding problems. Interesting. Okay. So now that we have that foundation and that understanding of the double coat and blowing that coat twice a year, uh, how do you handle their shedding? Let's, let's start with, well, they're blowing their coat. Uh, what are the best techniques and tools that, uh, you suggest when handling that shedding? Okay. Well, what we do around here is, um, we actually do all of our own grooming, whether it is on our dogs or on our cattle. And so we have learned through the years, my husband, he is a clinician for Sullivan Supply. He's one of their professors. And so we've gotten to test a lot of the products that Sullivan sells. And um, we have learned, you know, which tools really work and which don't work, um, which are worth your money and which really are just a waste of money. So one of the things that we do to start with is um, in the shedding season, we will bring them onto the stand and we will use the high powered blower. It's called a 
Sullivan, uh, oh, what is the name of it? Anyways, it's a Sullivan blower that is used for cattle actually. And it really will get in underneath the hair and will loosen it and will help encourage it to let go of that. It's really holding on mostly that dead hair to the overcoat, to the um, guard hairs. And so once you loosen it with that blower, you'll get rid of most of it at that point. But at sometimes if you aren't, if you're a little bit ahead of the game, that hair hasn't totally let go yet. So it might take another time up on the stand to be blown out. So that's how we start though, when they are shedding is we start them on the grooming stand and we'll use that high powered blower, blow that dead hair out. And then we'll go ahead and we'll give them a bath and we use Dawn soap. And then we use infusium conditioner, which you can buy. It's a, a human hair conditioner actually. And you can buy that at Walmart or else on Amazon. And it does really good to condition the hair and just give them um, an extra shine to the hair, but manageable then when you go to brush them and releases the tangles. So after we've given them their bath, we actually don't totally rinse the conditioner out of them. We'll leave it so that quite a bit's still in there and we'll take them back to the table and we'll go ahead and spray them with a product called shock. In the cattle industry, we help develop this product. And it's kind of, if you think of like a detangler, but it also gives a lot of shine and a lot of body to the hair and helps just loosen any of those knots and stuff that are in there. So it's definitely a product that we recommend and we use a bunch of it. Um, at, actually at Pomsky Fest in 2019, when we won with, with Becky, best of show, people were coming up to us afterwards and saying, what in the world do you use on your dogs? Because they just look so shiny and healthy. And that definitely is the product that uh, had, you know, helped us and really stood out then. So then after we go ahead and spray that on there, we will comb it in. And this is the difference that we'll find in the different types of coat. Okay, so you've got three different types of coats in the Pomskis. You have the standard yeah. coat. Real, real quick, Karen. So just, just to summarize there, if I understand correctly, uh, one of the keys is you're not cutting that undercoat this entire no. time. You, mm -hmm. You're blowing out the loose in any hairs that are, are loose first. Mm -hmm. uh, then you're bathing to make sure all that hair's out. Yep. And using a conditioner, uh, brushing, and then you're using this magic product. Remind us the name of that product. It's called Shock. Shock. Yep. And where do you, where, where do you buy Shock? You can buy it off the Sullivan uh, Supply website. Okay. Um, your farm stores might have it also, but I know for sure that you can buy it from Sullivan Supply. Okay, yep. cool. And, and for our listeners at home, uh, they may not have this blower, uh, intense blower that you have. What would you recommend is, is a hairdryer going to be enough or, you know, are we talking, do we need to go get the blower from the garage to Unfortunately, help? no, really, um, to be able to do this whole job properly. If you don't have the tools, you're better off to take them to a groomer to be able to use like they, most groomers would have a high powered blower like this, and then they would be able to get that hair removed. Otherwise it's a long and slow process, which, you know, this could be done within, oh, if they've let go of their hair, you know, it could be done in a few days. 
here. Wow. Okay. But if they haven't let go of their hair and you don't take them to a groomer, you're going to be coping with this for probably a month or more and brushing like crazy in order to try and get it out. So definitely somebody that has a blower is the key. (laughs) Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, some of our listeners and owners that we, we hear, they struggle with shedding for months. Mm -hmm. They may not uh, have the right tools or Right. or be taking them to a groomer who has those tools. Um, so exactly. super important if they want to control that. Exactly. Shedding. Yep. Hey, Preston here with a little aside, you've made it this far in the podcast. So we know you really care about raising and training your Pomsky in the best way possible for people like you, our community of breeders, owners, and trainers wrote a book, the complete guide to Pomsky training. It's the number one book on Amazon for Pomsky training, and we've been thrilled to hear from hundreds of owners how helpful it is. So if you think you could use this book, head over to Amazon and search for Pomsky training books. Make sure it's the Pomsky Owners Association book with a red cover and over 100 ratings. You can get either a hard copy, electronic version, or audible version today. Alrighty, back to our episode. And the three different types of coats, really, there's three um, different problems, well, that you deal with because the standard coat really it's not that hard to get rid of it, and it'll let go a lot easier because it doesn't have that longer guard hair holding onto it. And so, if you imagine like a, a husky coat, but the real tight husky coat is that kind of a standard coat, and so then it is relieved, released a lot sooner, a lot quicker, I guess. And the process is a lot easier for that type of coat. We actually recommend using a slicker brush. It's made by wall and it just has short, probably inch long um, teeth and a bunch of them. And it will rake over that and really pull it out. But that definitely is a tool for the standard coat that you won't get along as good using that brush for the plush or for the woolly. Um, the plush coat and the woolly coat, well, um, Sullivan's has a comb that is actually used in the cattle industry. And I recommend anybody who has a palm ski, whether it's a, a plush or a woolly, this comb definitely is so much easier to be able to get them to release that coat. It's called a six inch comb and it is either made in Teflon, it's with a Teflon spray on it or else a stainless steel comb and it's six inches long. And then the teeth on that is probably, oh, probably an inch and a half long. And so it gets down deep along the hide and it'll pull loose that undercoat and bring it through those guard hairs. So then it actually is able to be able to remove it easier. Got yeah. it. And, and once again, it's not cutting those hairs, uh, but just exactly. releasing them. So, exactly. okay. And so we have this. Hit- yeah, go ahead. You can get that comb off our website. Um, we have some, I think, in stock. So that's May Name Ranch Dogs. Or else you can buy that from Sullivan Supply. It might be a little harder to find on theirs because there's so many different choices for the cattle industry for different combs. But yeah. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So we, okay. So we have the standard shorter coat. We have a plush, which is a medium length coat on Pomsky's and the woolly which is mm-hmm. the thick, longer, more Pomeranian type uh, coat. And exactly. uh, okay. And, and the standard coat, you suggest this four inch shorter brush uh, from wall and then the plush and woolly coat, this six inch 
uh, brush from Solvens, which we can find on, on your website. Right. Yep. And you can actually look at the slicker brush there too. Um, we should have some in stock, but at least gives you an idea of what they look like. Um, for the, the woolly and the plush coats, like I said, you know, loosening that up and bringing it through the guard hair is where it is a lot more work than what you would have in your standard coats. And the plush coat probably is my favorite coat. It's not as much work as the woolly, although the woolly is probably deemed by everybody the most beautiful coat. It is a lot of work to grooming a woolly because it, uh, like a Pomeranian, their hair is so thick. And so it takes a different technique in combing through that hair and even blowing it so that you don't end up creating knots actually. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think that's super important for people who are looking for their perfect Pomsky. How much time are they willing to put into taking care of the coat and then right. making sure whatever dog they um, end up adopting that uh, they are considering that when they make the purchase so that they can know how much time they need to, to put into taking care of the coat. And they can ask breeders like you, the, the parents, right? The the genetics, and they should have an idea of what kind of coat uh, their dog's going to have when they purchase. Is that right? Pretty good idea. Yep. Sometimes we're a little bit surprised at a puppy when they're really fluffy at young age. Um, they maybe don't turn out to be as woolly as what we thought, but um, for the most part, yeah, you can predict it by the parent's coat and just the way that the puppy's hair is developing usually by three weeks, four weeks, we can start knowing and guessing whether it's going to be a woolly, a plush. And really those are the two that I raise. I don't usually raise a whole lot of standards on the woolies and the plush. One thing that you will want to be careful of and watch for in between when they blow out their hair is um, hairballs right behind their ears and in their armpit area and in their flank. And so combing those areas, especially in between uh, grooming, say for blowing in the spring and fall is really important to watch for. Yep. Yep. Okay. So other than, uh, you know, you've talked about the process you go through and the tools you use, are, are there other ways to help with shedding, you know, maybe diet or uh, hydration? What, what other things are important in the Pomsky care that helps with controlling shedding. Yes, absolutely. You know, if you think about it, the, your hair quality on cattle, dogs, humans, it says a lot about your health. And so if your dog has really dry flaky skin, then they probably have a food allergy or their food isn't a good quality food. Um, you know, maybe they've gotten sick at some point and maybe they they're losing their hair for some reason. So it does tell a lot about their health and then keeping uh, those dogs brushed out so that they don't develop hairballs, because if they do, you know, then they'll get hot spots underneath where they have those hairballs and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think the diet of the dog and also, you know, keeping up on brushing is definitely helpful to keep them healthy. If that hair gets matted, then it really does seal in that heat rather than doing what it's supposed to do when that hair is loose along the body, um, not during the shedding period, not where it's dead, but just kind of a nice coat underneath. My mother-in-law, she is a firm believer in giving a raw egg every day 
to her dog and she thinks and her real little dog is very healthy and coat's very shiny and um it's supposed to help with the dander too i guess so that's something that uh i don't do with my dogs but i know that some people i've heard recommend doing that to help with the healthiness of the hair yeah yeah interesting it, what is your favorite food talking about good diet real quick oh well so our dogs are a little bit spoiled here um, being that we raise cattle, we'll have sometimes an old cow that has run her course on the farm. And so we'll have her ground up into hamburger patties. And so that's what our dogs get every day is a raw hamburger patty. Wow. And steak dinners for the Pomskis. That's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's the dream right there. I know it. And so then it's just supplemented then with uh, dry dog food. And I really like for our puppies, uh, it's a product that you get at Walmart actually, Pure Balance, and it's the salmon one. And uh, it seems to be the easiest on their tummies. And they transition from just a milk diet to a hard food diet, the easiest is what I found. So that's Pure Balance from Walmart is where I buy that. Great. And I know on our website, Pomsky Owners Association, com. We, we also have some more, uh, food, dog food that we, that's recommended by our breeders and owners, um, that yes. our listeners can check out as well. So yeah. mm -hmm. great. Well, we've covered a lot. I feel like there's so much more I could ask about shedding. Uh, maybe we'll have you back for another episode. Is there any, anything important that we've missed today that you want to make sure our listeners hear about shedding? So one thing that I definitely want to mention that I've seen in different circles um, is that shedding tool that will actually shear off the hair. I think it's called like a de-shedder. It's used a lot in the horse industry. It kind of looks like a saw blade. I definitely recommend not using that because that is cutting off that longer guard hair and it will uh, hurt the dog's hair in the long run. So I definitely want to kind of put in a little bug not to use that in the, on the palm skis. And then of course we had talked about earlier is never, ever shaving your palm ski. You can, it's okay to shave like their behind areas. And we even do on our woolies. Um, some of them will do like their bellies and their armpit areas, their pads on their feet. Uh, so basically a sanitary clip is what we do. Trim their nails, but don't, uh, go and shear the whole body. I really find, and all of our family finds grooming to be very relaxing and very bonding with your dog. It's like that special time that you're just kind of touching them all over and stuff and really getting them used to being up on the stand and messing with their feet and stuff like that, which is what we do as they're even puppies here on the farm is we make sure that they get used to trimming their, their, uh, nails and their, their hair on their feet. So if you keep up that process, it'll be a lot easier when you do take them to the groomer or when you go to groom them yourselves. And it's a real bonding experience. I, I think it's really good for people to do with their dogs. Yeah. I, I love that idea of bonding, making it a bonding experience, you know, instead of making it a chore and right. worried about the shedding, um, how can you, you know, make it a positive experience, both for, uh, the dog and, and the owner. Um, I, I really like that idea. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. And as far as D shutters go, you know, we've, 
we've received mixed feelings on that in the past from Pomsky owners and, and breeders. Um, but we're hearing more and more from breeders uh, not to use those tools. Well, great. So I like to do a one minute round of quick questions at the end of each episode. Um, are you okay with that? Yes. So number one, where would you like to see the Pomsky breed in 10 years? Well, I have really, really enjoyed, first of all, being a part of developing the Pomsky breed. And I've seen through the very beginning, you know, us all working together and, and coming up with different ideas on what um, the standards ought to be and stuff like that. So I'm excited about the Pomskys that are being produced. But one thing that I'm little, know a lot concerned about is that many of the Pomsky breeders out there aren't keeping track of pedigrees. And I think that that will make it hard to predict what kind of puppies that you're going to be producing and could risk a lot of inbreeding in the future. So I would really like to see a breed club that would just keep track of pedigrees with no alternative motives, everything aside, but just keep track of pedigrees and be in a timely fashion so that uh, we can get that out to our new puppy buyers and, and keep track of these lineages is what I can see is really concerned to me. And the reason why I feel so passionate about this is because being in the cattle, raising cattle, I've seen inbred animals, like a father bred to a daughter or something like that, that is absolutely crippled and has some real health issues. And so in order to prevent that, I think it's very important that we do have a pedigree on these animals. Yeah, definitely. Well, something that the community and industry should continue to talk about. And, uh, and you know, we'll see where we can play a role in that. Um, what is one piece of advice you'd give to every Pomsky owner? Take the time and do obedience training with your Pomsky. It will pay off a hundredfold. Pomskys are so super smart. And a lot of the time, it's because the humans aren't acting and reacting the way that they should to be to the Pomsky. And so I think that it is so valuable taking the time to do um, obedience training and putting, investing, really investing in your Pomsky. It's going to be so much healthier for your family and for your Pomsky. They're energetic little dogs, but they can be trained and they want to be trained. We've gone and just about all of our dogs go through obedience training and even just one session, it is incredible the difference that you can make in a Pomsky. Yep. Awesome. Great suggestion. Also, one more thing. Doggy Dan has on one of his dog training that you guys had did a podcast for, and he was talking about um, being the pack leader. And that is absolutely my idea, too, is that a pack leader, a Pomsky or a dog is looking for someone to take the lead and to set those boundaries. And that makes a huge difference in the way that the family gets along with a dog. Yes. Super important. Uh, yeah. And doggy Dan has been a great partner with the association. Um, you can't find anyone with better training or tips for, for, uh, training Pomsky. So, uh, we've got stuff from him on our website, on our podcast, definitely something for our listeners to look out for. Yeah. And to look into for sure. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Who is someone you really look up to in the Pomsky community? This could be someone you've met in person or you just follow them online. Um, Cheyenne Kunzler would probably be my 
go-to girl. She's with Lollipop Pomskis and she's been in it since the very beginning too. And um, she's just very like-minded. We have similar tastes in the type of quality of Pomskis that we raise. And um, I think also she has the same type of outlook for the future of the breed that I do also and the passion. But of course, John, JP, everybody loves JP. <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm sure he'll get mentioned a lot in these podcasts and upcoming uh, interviews with breeders, but he definitely has been there since the very beginning too and, and helped me with my web uh, questions and stuff like that website. And so he's very knowledgeable and has a big kind heart. Awesome. Yeah. I, I love to hear about those who are making a difference in the community and the tight network and friendships that are, that are in the community. So, yes. okay. Finally, where can people find you Karen online? The main name ranch dogs is our website, Instagram and YouTube. Uh, we have a two Facebook pages. One is May Name Ranch Dogs, but the one that we post on the most is May Name Ranch Pomskis. So you can find us there. We post videos and, and pictures pretty much every week of our litters that we have. And um, you can find pictures of our adults. And most of them, we have show videos done of our adults on our website. And so you can find that there and on our YouTube channel. So yep, lots of places. Awesome. And I know that you guys have available Pomskis right now uh, from a December litter and that are going to be ready soon. And then you have some other that are ready to go now. Is that right? Yes, we have some that are actually nine, um, 10 weeks old. So they're ready anytime now. We have two of them. And then we have a younger litter that's just turned four weeks old. So another month and they'll be ready to go. We have spring litters coming up. We have a couple of females due uh, any day now. So, yep, we have litters. If anybody's looking, you can visit our website and uh, keep an eye on our new babies that are born. Great. Well, yeah, go check out Main Aim Ranch Dogs or Main Aim Ranch uh, Pomskis on Facebook. And uh, Karen, thank you so much. Thanks for your wisdom and your knowledge. We will have to have you back on the podcast. This has been great. I appreciate it very much. And I look forward to meeting the other breeders that you are going to interview and getting to know them better. And I thank you for um, helping Jake out and look forward to getting to know you, Preston, more. And uh, just want to wish that God would bless you and everyone else in these upcoming years. And I look forward to raising more great Pomskis. Great. Thanks, Karen. Thanks for all you do for the Pomsky community. You're welcome. Bye. <laughs>